Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hey there, welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, still recording live in Costa Rica. This is episode number 252, Costa Rican Anderson Family Adventure Part 2. If you listened in last week, you heard the first week of our month abroad. The first week was all about adventure in the mountains, by the volcanoes, and the rainforest, We intentionally planned this trip to have a front-loaded adventure week so that the last three weeks of our trip, we could settle into a little bit more of a routine at the beach. I left you last week where we spent our first night in Nosara at the Nosara Beach Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel on a bluff overlooking both big beaches here in Nosara. There's Playa Pelada to the north and Playa Guiones to the south. Nosara is a beach town known for surfing and yoga and wellness that's about an hour and a half south of some of the bigger, more well-known destinations, beach destinations on the Guanacaste coast, which are Tamarindo, Playa Flamingo, Playa Hermosa. This area is a little bit less developed, which is one of the reasons that we really like it. And that said, it's growing and developing. Even having been here two years ago for an anniversary trip, coming back, there are new construction homes and restaurants and businesses popping up all over. Luckily, most of the area down by the coast is really well managed by a community development organization that started back in the 70s and 80s that has some great guidelines for building for sustainability and for environmental friendliness and keeping at least half of the area natural. And there's also about 250 meters from the shoreline in Nosara is protected. So there are no 
beachfront hotels, restaurants, or anything, with one, maybe a couple small exceptions, everything along the very coastline is protected. So you may stay in a house or a hotel that's a five-minute walk from the beach, and you walk just through a, a quick trail out to the sand. What's really nice about that is when you're on the beach, you feel like you're very isolated in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. The view from the beach in front of you is ocean and behind you is jungle. And that's really unique in, I think, a lot of more developed beaches. You know, there's a boardwalk and and that's fun. It's just a whole different energy. I really, really appreciate being on the beach and feeling like I'm just surrounded by nature. It's perfect for what we were looking for for our family for this trip. I'm going to skip the segment this week. It I had slated Life Lately for this week, and the whole episode is going to be about Life Lately. So I will just dive right in to sharing a little bit about these last three weeks here on the beach in Nosara to give you an idea of the rhythms that we set up, some of the adventures that we had even while we were here, and some of our favorite parts of being on the beach for so long. The first thing that I will talk about is where we have stayed. Probably last fall, when we started to explore this idea of spending a whole month in Costa Rica, I started to look on Airbnb and found a couple great options. One of them is the house that we ended up staying in that's about a 10-minute walk from the beach. It's a three-bedroom house that has its own small plunge pool and a full kitchen, a couple bathrooms, and it just felt like a great location uh, for a longer term stay where we would be able to buy groceries and cook meals and have a pool right out the door if we didn't feel like walking all the way to the beach. And it ended up being wonderful. I will list it and a couple other great options in the area. There are dozens of really cool options for beach house stays in the area. Some of them are meant for bigger groups and so they're big and expensive. And the one that we have with just, you know, three bedrooms, uh, three bathrooms and a little pool, it's probably, I'd say 1500 square feet or less, the whole house. And it's been perfect for us. So there's smaller options as well. And there's even some great condos and apartments for rent. Uh, if you're looking for something a little bit smaller. There's also some really cool hotels around for a shorter term stay. That's probably a fun option for a family because we were staying for so long. And I mentioned this last week. One of the things that made it possible to stay for so long financially was knowing that we could kind of keep our home budget, but just be on vacation. So being able to have a fairly affordable, as far as vacation rentals go, beach house, and then buying groceries and kind of being in a rhythm rather than having every single day feel like a big adventure like the first week of our trip this last few weeks we've done some fun things and also mostly we've been going to the beach something that's really nice that may you may not be aware of is that a lot of rentals on Airbnb have monthly rates so it may look like it's you know $400 a night but if you put in a full month maybe you get a 30% discount. That was the case with this beach house. I had initially put in two weeks and then three weeks. And when I put it in a month, it ended up taking 30 or 40% off and made it less expensive to 
for us to rent the beach house for an entire month than to rent it for three weeks. So it was kind of a no-brainer. I'm glad we secured the beach house before anything else. In fact, we didn't even buy plane tickets until maybe three months ago, and we had had the the beach house rental for maybe six or eight months. And that's about, I guess, the time frame. Like planning ahead about that far probably makes sense depending on your circumstances, but I think a lot of the great, uh, especially more affordable, nice places go quickly. That gives you an idea of our beach house. I, Like I said, I'll link it and a couple other fun Airbnb options in the area in the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. Look for episode 252. Once we got settled into the beach house, we unpacked fully, took everything out of our suitcases, tucked our suitcases away, operated out of closets and drawers, just like we would at home. That simple thing made us feel like we were staying for a while, which was really nice. Another fun thing that we did for this trip was plan ahead for the pool. And I brought about six, maybe seven flotation devices, like fun inner tubes from Target. I brought them flat in the packages in my suitcase. And then I also brought a small air pump so that I could fill them up easily and we tossed those all in the pool and then they have been so fun to take out to the beach as well. We learned this last month in Outer Banks that those inner tubes like the circle tubes especially the ones with handles are really really fun on the beach. They feel like you're in a wave pool the wave pool of the ocean. So that is a high recommendation that I have for beach trips. I did see a great article about making sure that they're disposed of properly, uh, whether they're thrown away or recycled or left for the next family, and to not take the types of inner tubes that have glitter inside them, which I actually have one of those here, but it's in the pool. And after this article about how you shouldn't take those into the ocean in case they pop, that glitter is really bad for the marine life. Uh, Just word of caution on that. No glitter inner tubes in the ocean. Another thing that I packed in my suitcase for having a longer term trip was some very lightweight foldable beach chairs that I found also at Target. I had my eye on a couple different brands. I was going to go to REI and then I saw these on an end cap at Target. They were like $25 each and they're really cool. They fold all the way flat. They fit into a, a regular checked size suitcase and I brought two of them and I'm going to actually leave them here at the house for future guests to use because I love sitting on the beach with some back support. (laughs) I don't want to really like sit there all day. And as it turns out, there are only a few days in this last few weeks that I sat on the beach. But for the times that I did, that I wasn't out playing in the water or surfing, it was really nice to have something to lean against. So a, a lightweight, if you can swing it, a lightweight beach chair is kind of great. In general, our plan once we got to the beach was to enjoy the beach. We knew we wanted to do surfing and surf lessons. I found a Spanish institute here in Nosara that we spent one week doing Spanish lessons at. Ideally, we would have spent more time there, but for cost and for my kids' attention spans, we thought at least one week of immersion classes would be beneficial for them just to be in the environment of hearing and speaking a little bit of Spanish. And it turned out to be so fun. It's called the Nostara Spanish Institute. It's been around for a long time. And they have levels from very beginner, never heard or spoken a word of Spanish, all the way up to advanced level conversation. 
we were we spanned the board. My kids were all in a beginner class together, a private class with the three of them, and they had a blast with their instructor. Dave was in a intermediate conversation class and he was he had another student in his class along with the instructor and I was in an advanced conversation class with another student and the instructor. My class was so fun and funny because we spent 2 hours debating interesting and sometimes controversial topics on purpose in Spanish because it can be really difficult to express sensitive emotions in a different language that's sort of like a an outer ring of of comfort to not simply be asking for something or telling a story about something or using like your basic vocabulary but to be trying to convince or persuade or explain a deeply held belief can be really tricky and searching for those words and the and the way you want to talk about it and explain it was a great exercise and kind of pushed our, our boundaries a little bit. It helped that both my classmate Miles, who was a young guy from Great Britain who was here learning Spanish, and I had some some strong opinions. <laughs> and so uh, we you know, there are moments of just like looking at each other and wanting to be able to explain our reasoning or having misunderstandings. Like often we would say something and there wasn't a lot of nuance in the way we said it, even though we meant it with nuance. And it was really a great exercise in taking our language ability a little bit deeper. And I had a blast and I was really grateful that Dave had a blast. My kids had a blast. I would absolutely recommend Nosara Spanish Institute, and I would love to do it again when we come back. Our first week here on the beach of our three beach weeks, our first week we did Spanish classes in the morning and then sort of fell into a rhythm of going to the beach in the afternoon, coming home, making dinner, swimming in the pool, playing family games, and then going to sleep and waking up and doing it all over again. One thing we realized quickly is that the beach is just as much fun in the rain as it is in the sun, and sometimes even more fun because you don't worry so much about getting too hot or sweaty. When it's a little bit of overcast and rainy, it can be really, really wonderful at the beach. Here in Costa Rica, on the Pacific side, the water is wonderful. It's like bathtub warm at any time. It's also really beautiful because the sand goes on forever at a really even incline into the ocean. At high tide, we could probably walk 100 meters into the ocean and still have our feet on the sand. And at low tide, you have those 100 meters of like flat beach. Plus, we could still walk out today. We were surfing around an hour after low tide, just as the tide was coming in. And I was still probably another 50 meters into the ocean before I had to get up on my board to paddle that I wasn't like walking my surfboard out into the waves. It's really wonderful. So for like small kids can swim right along the edge and can walk, you know, they can touch for a really long time at high tide or at low tide. It's really smooth and even. One thing that may feel like a downfall of the beach, I guess, is that it's not like a white sand, super dry sand because the beach isn't at at low tide. It's very wide, but it's also most of it has 
just been wet with the ocean water. And so mostly you get that sort of fluffy sand up by the vegetation, by the trees in the jungle. And then at high tide, that's all there is because the water is so high that you have just like maybe about 10 to 15 meters of sand and vegetation that you can kind of plant your seats in. At low tide, the beach is wide from where the trees end to where the water starts. And a lot of it is just sort of like a flat plain where the water has just been that's like that sort of mid-wetness. It's actually perfect sandcastle building wetness right there in the middle. So if you go to the beach at low tide and you want to sit close to the water, you're not going to be digging your toes into the sand, for example. It'll be more like digging your toes into the, the sandy mud. And if you go at low tide and you want to sit on the soft, fluffy, dry sand, you'll be really far away from the water. I don't know if that's important. That just is something that I thought was interesting and have noted. And so we've chosen, we've mostly chosen what time of day to go to the beach based on the tides for learning to surf. It's interesting that we got a couple different perspectives. On probably day three of our first week, we decided to do surf lessons, which I wanted to do as close to the beginning as possible so that we had that information and could continue practicing while we're here. Our surf instructor said the best time for us to be on the beach was within an hour of high tide. So an hour before high tide or an hour after high tide was like a great time for us to surf. Then a couple days later, when we rented surfboards for the first time, the woman at the surfboard shop said she thought that low tide was the best time for us to ride within a couple hours of low tide because, and this was her reason, the water's so far out from the shore that you get a lot longer of a ride. Well, we're beginners, so it didn't actually end up mattering a whole lot. We tried around high tide. We tried around low tide. We're just riding the foam right now anyway. We don't really know how to like cruise along the side of a wave like you see in surf videos. So I think for our level, it didn't matter a whole lot. And I think anywhere you go, the you know whatever beach you're on, the local surf people know. <laughs> what the best option is. So for here, it didn't seem to matter for us. I, I know that the waves were a lot bigger at high tide, of course. One afternoon, just last week, Dave and I took, you know, a next step surf lesson with our same original surf instructor. And we tried to get out past the break so that we could start trying to catch these bigger waves. I paddled for a full 20 minutes and got crashed into over and over again and tried really hard and I ended up just not having the physical strength and stamina that I needed to get past the breaking waves to where you can catch like a, a, a wave before it has turned white you know flipped over uh, you can tell I'm a really advanced surfer from all of these technological terms that I'm using I just thought it was interesting that it didn't seem to matter what I did. I could not get back past the break more than once. I got out there one time. Our instructor helped me onto a great wave and I did ride one beautiful wave all the way into shore. And then I was like, I don't think I can do that again. I've tried to get past the break two more times now at lower tide. A few days ago, I tried and I just kept getting a little bit 
frustrated at how hard it was. And so I decided, you know, I'm a beginner enough. I'm just going to stay on the inside and ride the foam and practice getting up and practice balancing and practice like trying to cut into the wave, you know, turn rather than just go straight to the shore. And today, today I rode uh, this afternoon with Dave and it was a lot, there was a lot more space between the waves. And so there was more time to actually try to get out past that sort of invisible line of the break where the waves start turning, crashing and turning white. And so I did get out there a couple times and then I didn't really know what to do. And actually at one point today is so dumb. <laughs> There's another lady surfing who looked about my age. I don't know. She looked older than me actually to me, but I'm thinking now she probably was my age and I'm just delusional about how old I actually am. We're out. I, we got out there and you know, the beautiful thing about being just beyond the break is that you can sit up on your board and just sort of wait for the waves and you can kind of rest. And it's a really nice thing if you can actually get, make it out there. So I was up resting on my board. I, I was just sort of like, well, what do I do now? I have no idea like how to tell when a wave's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I turned to this woman and just say, this is the first time I've really made it out here by myself. And I don't, how do I know like when a wave's coming, what should I I do? And she gave me this look like, Oh, um, I don't know. And I'm sure she's thinking, what are you doing out here? If you're just to be like, why, why are you out here? If you don't know what you're doing. And then a wave started to come and she laid down and started to paddle up the wave. And I was like, Oh, that looks like one. Should I try? And she said, you could ride the foam. And at that point, I didn't have enough time to turn around. So I started to paddle like I was going to go up in, you know, up and over the wave or kind of through it. Um, I was actually trying to go through it and it crashed right on me, but it picked up my board and I ended up kind of surfing it backwards. I didn't stand up on my board, but I felt my board get pushed like as if I was surfing. I was definitely suspended in the wave for a good while going backwards like my face in the wave and my feet in the air behind me. I'm sure the fins of my board are just sticking out. And then finally it rolled over enough that it like flipped me over and I was underwater and, you know, and I came back up and I was fine. But I was just thinking, I finally get out past the break and I I catch a wave backwards unintentionally. Like I definitely should not be out there by myself. I definitely should you know, have another couple lessons (laughs) before I try to do it on my own. Okay, I'm going to get back on track here. Thank you for enduring my surf story. Turns out Dave and I really like surfing and our kids really like surfing. And we live in Virginia, two and a half hours from the beach. I don't know how or if we can make, you know, getting better at surfing a part of our regular lives. But we're going to see because it's something that we all really enjoyed. Dave and I surfed probably every other day, every three days at least during the last three weeks that we were here. And it just felt like a joy to go out into the water, especially when I stayed in front of the break and I just practiced standing up and floating and being in the waves. And it was really, really fun. I am excited for the next chance that I get, which I don't know when that will be, but it definitely helps when the waves are you know, relatively even and the water feels like bath water. So Nosar is a great place to learn to surf. I want to tell you about a couple other of the basic routines that we got in place here for the last three weeks of our trip. And then I will finish up by telling you some of the highlights that were kind of special things that we did while we were here. 
I told you about the beach house, walking to the beach, taking our surfboard and taking our inner tubes to the beach, taking a beach chair maybe if we were going to be there for more than a couple hours. We had a great option here where our beach house is located that there we, we passed a surf shop on the way to the beach. So five minutes from here, we got to a place called Agua Tibia, which is a fantastic surf shop run by locals, great people. We had so much fun just getting to know them a little bit. We could pick up our boards and walk straight out to the beach for, you know, another five minutes away and then drop the boards off on the way home. Here in Nosara, there are half a dozen surf shops so anywhere you happen to be there's going to be one on the way to the beach and I'm sure that they're all really great we just happen to love being right by Agua Tibia and being able to go there regularly and we I just paid up front rather than doing like a whole week rental we just paid for basically made like our own DIY punch card where we paid in advance for a bunch of two board rentals and then they just kept the tab for us so that I didn't have to bring money every time that I came because it's not always a good idea to bring money out to the beach when you're going surfing. Another great routine that we decided to settle into was to get a gym membership for just one month. This maybe wouldn't make sense for everyone, but one of the things that Dave and I have really loved doing together in the last two years is going to CrossFit. Our local gym in Richmond is CrossFit Addict. It's fantastic. Some of our favorite people are there. It feels like a community. We've made such great friends. We go four or five days a week when we're home and working out together and like challenging each other and supporting each other has been a really fun addition to our relationship, you know, 17 years in. It made a lot of sense for us to invest in a month at a great gym so that we could continue with some of the rhythms of our exercise and fitness routines like we do at home. Where our beach house is located, we decided to join Bodhi Tree Gym, which is just right up the road, a walking distance from where we were. That made it so that we went. (laughs) I think if it had been further away or if it required the hassle of a drive or you know taking a tuk-tuk or something it wouldn't have happened as often but because we could just walk out the door walk up the street five minutes be in the gym spend 30 minutes or an hour depending on what we had planned the rest of the day and that little bit of sometimes it was hard exercise sometimes it was more like stretching and and recovery after you know a day at the beach for example felt really great. And for three weeks, I mean, if I go on vacation for a week, I very rarely go to a hotel gym, even though I like exercise. I'm usually walking around or doing other things that sort of add up to the type of fitness that I want. But when I'm somewhere for three weeks, that's a long time to not have a a baseline fitness routine that you can rely on. And so that felt really fun for us. The other thing that I loved was buying some community passes to individual yoga classes, also at Bodhi Tree. Bodhi Tree has been around forever. It was one of the first sort of yoga institutions here in Nostara, and part of why Nosara was put on the map as a yoga haven. There are now dozens of places to do yoga. Every hotel offers some sort of yoga class or a yoga instructor. I chose to go to Bodhi Tree mostly because of how close it was. Again, walking distance. I really like the way they handle their community passes. 
at the front desk of the hotel, you can buy tokens that are good for any community yoga class. And then you just show up to the class, which is really convenient because they have they call their yoga studios shalas, and they have three different shalas in different parts of the hotel area, which it's a huge, sprawling hotel. And because I bought my tokens in advance, I could look at the schedule, see what was going to work for me, and then go directly to the shala rather than having to go back to the front desk every time and you know buy a pass and then go. I could just buy a bunch of tokens at the beginning of the stay, which is what I did. I kept them in my fanny pack. And then if the inspiration hit that I wanted to go to yoga or I had some spare time in the afternoon when people were kind of having some downtime, siesta, or in the morning if people hadn't gotten up yet and I was ready to go, I could wander up, do a yoga class, and then come back in and jump right back in. Plum came to one yoga class with just me and then came to another one with Dave and me. I don't know that Dave had ever been to a formal yoga class before and he really liked it. And Plum really likes doing cosmic kids yoga on YouTube. So she had a great time at the classes. They were a little bit long for her. So she participated for the first little bit and then just kind of laid down on her mat or looked around the room and watched other people. Even though she wasn't fully engaged the whole time, I loved sharing the experience with her. I thought it was a really great opportunity for her to get the feeling of an adult yoga class. This was a great opportunity for Dave and Plum to get to know what a yoga class feels like. They both really enjoyed them, and I think that that means that we'll be on the lookout for some opportunities to do yoga more frequently in Richmond. I haven't joined a yoga gym in Richmond because I go to CrossFit so often. And before that, I mostly ran by myself for exercise. And so I'm excited to try some different yoga classes. I think being here and doing so many in a short period of time reminded me how much I really like it. I've done yoga since college. I mean, for 20, maybe 25 years, it's been uh, a fringe part of my life. I've been very aware of it. I have a great yoga instructor come to all of my retreats. I've offered yoga classes. Actually, I taught community classes when I was very first married because I wanted to volunteer. And even though I didn't have a yoga certification, the group that I was teaching classes to didn't mind. So I really like yoga. And this was a fun opportunity to add it into the rhythm of my life and realize that it's something that I'd like to do more of. Two more quick routine things that we got into here. One of them, well, both of them are things that we do at home. One is meal planning. And if you remember, Dave was in charge of all of our meals and family food over the last year while I was in grad school. So this was kind of my opportunity to dive back into helping in the kitchen where I was, I kind of took a step back from that over the last year. And we had a lot of fun coming up with simple, fresh easy to make meals that we could find all of the ingredients easily at the grocery store. Since we were only here for a couple weeks, we didn't want to need to buy the types of things that last like, you know, a long, long, long time, you know, minimize the amount of spices we needed, for example. But we came up with some great meals and had a lot of fun cooking, which actually is a perfect time to transition to a quick ad break for today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Green Chef. If you have been listening to the show for any length of time, you know how much I love a meal kit. I was first introduced to them with HelloFresh, who has sponsored the show and I've talked about for years. 
And Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, which is so fun. I love both brands and I've been particularly smitten lately with Green Chef because it is the most sustainable and healthy option out there right now. They're the number one meal kit for eating clean. No artificial colors, sweeteners, high fructose corn syrup, limited added sugar, very limited processed ingredients. All of the fruits and vegetables are certified organic, cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood, which we've learned on our trip here is incredibly important. It's great for your health. It's also really crucial for the environment. As a family, we've been trying to eat a little bit more protein than we had previously. And with Green Chef, we can choose meals that have at least 40 grams of protein on average per serving, which is hard to get in normal life. So being able to choose like a paleo high protein option is awesome. Of course, my very favorite thing about Green Chef is how simple it is. I can get ahead of my busy season with these step-by-step recipes including dinners that Dave or I or one of our kids can make in 25 minutes or less. I know as we're getting ready to transition back home after a big trip and a long time away, I really am looking forward to having that Green Chef box arrive on my doorstep and to not have to think about it. Easy, fresh, delicious, and sustainable meals for my family. Give it a try today. Go to greenchef.com slash livefree50 and use code livefree50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Give it a try by going to greenchef.com slash livefree50 and use livefree50 for 50% off plus free shipping. So while we didn't have Green Chef here in Costa Rica, we followed a similar, very simple, healthy, protein-packed idea of course, without the ease of not having to think about it and having pre-measured, pre-proportioned ingredients out for us, we tried to keep meals as simple as possible, except for date night, which is the last thing that became part of our regular routine here that has been part of our regular routine in our lives for many, many years. It was really nice to have a home base and have our kids be old enough that we could leave them at the beach house with their own homemade dinner while Dave and I tried some fun restaurants and had some time to ourselves on Saturday nights. We went to three fantastic date night restaurants, and I'm going to mention them here. The first one is a restaurant called Coyal that is quite an experience even just to get to. It requires, definitely requires a four-wheel drive. If it's a little bit rainy, it can be kind of sketchy. It's about 30 minutes from Nosara up into the mountains on a very steep, very windy road. Once you get there, the experience is breathtaking. You're up high enough that you can see all the way out to the ocean. It's this beautiful view. And it's this crazy, well-designed, beautifully lit, inspired restaurant up on the mountainside kind of in the middle of nowhere, to be honest. We had a fantastic date night meal up there and loved it and loved it so much that we, I sort of re-sketched some of my itinerary for our retreat, which is coming up in November, our couples retreat, because I thought we have to bring the couples up here. It was not part of the original plan because I had never been there before. And after experiencing it, I thought I have to share this with our Novios couples. The next Saturday night, we went to a new little restaurant called Sendero. It's part of the Sendero Hotel, which I think opened in the last year. 
beautiful, very minimal boho feeling hotel with fantastic food. It was very date night feeling. People were kind of dressed up a little bit. It's a very nice hotel and everything was candlelit. Uh, There were mostly adults around. It felt really nice and was a beautiful, comfortable environment for a great date. Our final date night was at another new restaurant that I just wandered into one day. I had a meeting with the manager at Nosara Beach Hotel where we're staying with our Novios group. And on the way back, I was walking through the town just enjoying having a little bit of time by myself. I wandered in front of this place that I thought was a greenhouse actually I thought it was like a nursery and there were so many beautiful potted plants and I I kind of peeked in the door was open it to like the courtyard and so I walked in and I saw a guy I was like can I come in here and he's like oh yeah turns out it's a new restaurant they're not open yet they it's called Posada Margarita they have another one in Tulum apparently that's been there for like 25 years and they just opened this location in the spring it was incredibly authentic Italian food. So good. Great focaccia, great pizza. We had a Napoli style pizza that was, we have had a Napoli pizza in Naples and this was as close as I've had since then. And then homemade pasta, pasta like made right there in the kitchen, right before it served to us. We ended up having a lobster and shrimp fettuccine, which was amazing. And it was this beautiful setting. It's kind of a cool little courtyard with a couple greenhouses in it and tons of potted plants. So even though there's probably a dozen tables, they all feel like their own private little area. It's really romantic and beautiful. We were there right as the sun was setting and there was a big rainbow overhead. I mean, it was just really special. Those were some really fun date night restaurants. I've gotten you through our basic routines, going to the gym, going to yoga, going to the beach, surfing, doing date night, cooking at home. We just did regular grocery shopping at the grocery store in town. We drove about 15 minutes away to get past the more tourist grocery stores into one where things were a little bit more reasonably priced. We were shopping with the local ticos and ticas, Costa Ricans, and... The other great routine that we had that I failed to mention earlier was pizza night. We have had Friday pizza nights forever. We found a little pizza place on the side of the road uh, downtown in Nosara in Guiones Play, Guiones Norte, called Pura Pizza. It's like an open front little pizza restaurant where you can just walk up and grab a slice. We also realized we could buy a whole pizza and they do a Friday night special, which worked out really well for us. We tried it the first Friday and loved the pizza, and so we just did that every Friday that we were here, and by the end, we also occasionally would be walking by during the week and like go grab a slice. By the end today, I told the pizza guy, uh, I went and got a slice at lunch and told him that we're going home tomorrow, but thank you for all of the wonderful pizza. They, you know, I'd kind of gotten to recognize us. I'm a huge fan of Puerto Pizza. We'll definitely go back and back and back again. Beyond the routine, we did a couple special things where we were here at the beach. We hiked to a fun waterfall, we saw turtles nesting, and we went on a catamaran for an afternoon sail. We also did a day trip back into the mountains because we heard about a waterfall that we wanted to go to before we left the country, mostly because I'm doing some reconnaissance for 
Novios for the retreat coming up in a couple months. And I thought it might be something we wanted to do, but I didn't want to plan on it until I had experienced it. So we did take a two days away from the beach, go back up into the mountains to hike this waterfall. So I'm going to tell you about those four sort of out of the routine activities that happened during the last three weeks. The first one is a very simple local hike to a local waterfall called Mala Noche. During the rainy season, Mala Noche only has water when it's raining and when it has been raining recently, which is kind of counterintuitive. I actually don't totally understand because today someone told us that during the summer here, like the drier season, which is coming up in December to March, the rivers are always full. So I don't, I haven't taken the time to figure out what's happening there. Someone mentioned, I think it was our surf instructor, Rolo, told us there's water in Mala Noche, so you should go hike it. I remembered when we started on the hike, it's, you just put the Mala Noche waterfall into Google Maps and it will take you to the free parking lot. It's public land right now. I actually, I don't know if it's public. I think someone may own it, but it's not restricted. People hike it and do, uh, and you can swim in it. It's really great, kind of random. And when we started along the way, I realized Dave and I did this hike as an Airbnb experience when we were here two years ago. You know, you can look up on Airbnb all different sorts of experiences that are led by, usually by locals, offering, you know, cooking classes or yoga classes or photography services or crafts or whatever. We had looked up and seen a waterfall hike and I thought, oh, that'll be really fun to go hike to a waterfall as a couple. And so, you know, we paid maybe $50 each to have a guide, pick us up, take us to this waterfall. We hiked up to the waterfall with him, swam there. He cut up a pineapple for us. It was really great, really fun. And I'm really glad that we had done that then two years ago and even paid for it because this time we knew where we were going. There's a couple parts on the trail where you have to cross a little bit of a creek or you're kind of going around a fence. And it definitely feels like a local hike. (laughs) It's not like national park with signage or anything. But because we were familiar, we were able to make it to the waterfall. We timed it really nicely without even meaning to that we got there right as a big group was leaving. And so we had the waterfall and the swimming hole to ourselves for about a half hour, which was about the perfect amount of time we needed to swim. So this water is cold. Swimming in the rivers is cold. Swimming in the ocean here is warm. You have to kind of brace yourself, dive in. It's fresh water, though. It felt really good. It's fun to be near a waterfall and to jump off of the rocks. We made sure it was deep enough to, you know, cannonball in a few times. And just a really wonderful natural experience out there at Mala Noche Waterfall. The next experience that we had that was just otherworldly was experiencing what's called an arribada. And arribada is a word used for arrival. And there's a particular type of turtle, sea turtle, that nests in synchrony. All sea turtles nest up on beaches. Normally, you know, the vast majority of sea turtles nests uh, individually. They'll, you know, a certain time of year maybe, but they'll go up one by one and dig nests and lay their eggs. The olive ridley sea turtles which are native to this area and nest on the beaches at Ostianal Refuge, which is just north of Nosara, nest in groups of hundreds or thousands at once. I was reading all about it where 
scientists will note kind of a flotilla of turtles like out in the ocean. Satellites will pick up like, oh, there's a bunch of turtles all together. And then the idea is that sometime around the new moon, you know, a few days, maybe a week before the darkest night, which is the new moon where there's no moon, these turtles will start to come ashore in droves. And it happens every night for about four to five days. Hundreds of turtles all come ashore after sundown and leave just after sunrise. And they come up, they waddle up, and they dig their nests, lay a hundred or so eggs each, pad their nests back down, and then crawl their way back to the ocean. I shared all about this on Instagram, so if you got to see those pictures, it's really fun. I probably need to go back and turn my trip into a highlight. I haven't done that yet. I realized as we were preparing for this trip that we would be here for long enough, it was highly likely that we would be here around one of the arribadas. Because if it happens about monthly during the rainy season and we're here for a month, it seemed likely that it would happen during the time that we're here. I let our Airbnb host know that we were really interested in that. I also did a bunch of research about it. There's a lot of restrictions around seeing turtle nesting, of course, because they're protected. It The beach where they lay is protected and the, the animals themselves are protected. I discovered that in order to experience the arrebada, you need to have a guide, a licensed guide, and the guides can take only a certain amount of people at a time so that they regulate the amount of humans on the beach at any time during the nesting period. So I let our Airbnb host know we're really interested in this. If you hear that the arrebada starts, please let us know or, you know, if you could help us find a guide, that'd be great. I think it was like two days later, he said, you'll never believe it. Arribada has started. Here's the other thing that's kind of funny about it. There's not like a science to it. I mean, they know around when it's going to start, but even with all the conditions and everything, they can't say like, oh, we're going to plan three months ahead because we know when the new moon is. It's some time around there, but they don't know exactly. So there's kind of like a turtle wait. And then as soon as the arrival begins, then they mark the arrival has begun and people can start securing their guides. Because I had let our host know, he immediately got back to me like two days later, maybe even the next day and said, the arrival began today. You'll never believe it. Here's our guide's name. Let, you know, let me know if you want us to book you. And so we, we booked with a guide. We'd chose a morning, which meant that we got to the beach at 5 a.m. before sunrise, and we were able to see the turtles as the last of them for the evening came ashore and laid and and went back in. So when we got there, there were several dozens of turtles already laying and some more coming up, and mostly they were headed back out to the ocean. This was a once-in-a-lifetime, breathtakingly beautiful experience that I don't even know exactly how to describe. I will say that as a mom, I felt this like very visceral reaction to these mama turtles fighting their way out of the ocean where movement is so easy for them. They're so beautiful in the water and so awkward on the land. You could tell that every foot took so much energy and I stopped and watched this turtle waddle her way up and stop and breathe 
and just like I could see her throat moving as air came in and out just watching her breathe deeply and then start moving again and then stop to breathe deeply and it just reminded me of the labor of labor the work of becoming a mom and that actual moment you know of course of course we don't lay eggs as humans but watching these female turtles fight to get up onto the sand dig themselves a hole when they're already worn out sit there in a trance to lay their eggs they lay you know a hundred or so eggs and then they have the work of covering their nest back up and the olive ridley turtles are kind of small they're smaller than some of the other uh, sea turtle species and so their fins aren't big enough for them to only use their flippers to cover their nest they actually move their whole bodies and use their shells themselves like the belly of their shells to tamp their nests down when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then they turn around and waddle awkwardly back down, all the way down the beach, until finally they get in far enough that the next wave can carry them out to where they can swim freely again. The whole process probably takes a couple hours per turtle and was so beautiful to witness. It was just really cool. A few days after we experienced the sea turtles nesting we decided to drive back up into the mountains to see a waterfall called rio celeste we decided to stay at la carolina lodge again which we had stayed at in our first week the kids raved about it the whole time we were there and when we said hey we're going to go stay a night at la carolina lodge they all got so excited it's such a wonderful place the food's fantastic they were all excited to swim in the river and sit in the hot tub and we woke up the next morning. So we drove up, stayed in La Carolina Lodge, woke up in the morning and drove over to the trailhead for Rio Celeste, which is about a three and a half mile hike with several different overlooks. One of them is for a brilliant waterfall, just a huge giant waterfall that goes into a pool that is so blue it looks like Gatorade. That's kind of the main attraction. Up the trail, you also can see uh, a laguna. It's called Laguna Azul. It's like the blue lagoon. You also can see some volcanic activity. There's like a place in the river where you can see the bubbles coming up like a hot spring. And then at the final stop of the trail, you see where two clear rivers come together. And where they join, the pH of the water changes which changes some of the molecules in the water from like a tiny, teeny, tiny particle to about triple or quadruple their size, which creates an optical illusion of the water looking bluish white. And it's really interesting to read about it because it talks about the way we see it like a prism. 
you know, when you hang a crystal in a window and it reflects rainbows into the room, it explained on, you know, on the board, (laughs) on the hike, (laughs) I'm a reader. I like to read all along the way on these hikes and like historical monuments and things like that. I read about how this particle, the prism, the way it reflects the light, it only bounces out the white and blue. So rather than seeing the whole rainbow in the river, you just see this vivid, vivid blue. It's really cool. After doing the hike, we gave it a five star. Like, absolutely, we want to take our group to do this. It was really fun. It was a great hike. Like, the actual hike is through the jungle. It's a little rugged at times, but not too difficult. We saw several small people, like young kids on the hike with their parents. I saw a woman with uh, different abilities that one leg was significantly shorter than the other. And so she had an assistant device and also like a really thick shoe. And she was navigating the hike, even the rocky parts. She had a little bit of help from the group she was with. Also some older folks on the hike. So I feel like with some stamina and interest, uh, it definitely is not wheelchair accessible, but fairly accessible with some help for most people. And our last really fun outside of the routine activity for this trip was going on a catamaran sailing afternoon. There's a company called Kaya that I had looked into and was interested in. And so we booked for the five of us to go on a morning sail out into the ocean where you can snorkel. If the tide is low, We went when the tide was high, but at low tide, the sailboat stops at a pink sand beach that only emerges during low tide. So we're excited to hopefully see that sometime in the future when we come back. We spent most of the time on the water just cruising, and we saw those same olive ridley turtles that we had seen nesting a couple weeks before. We saw them out swimming in the middle of the ocean, which was so exciting and kind of came full circle. It was a beautiful day. I love being on a sailboat. I grew up sailing with my dad. He was a sailor. My parents both sailed together when they were first married. And then we had a catamaran, a small catamaran with a trampoline for the whole time I grew up. I think my dad still has it, in fact. And so I just, I like being on a sailboat. I like being in the middle of the ocean on the water. It was really fun. The view, of course, is beautiful out there. There were some great snacks and drinks which were was really fun, started with a spread of fresh fruit and the kids were going crazy for the fresh pineapple and mini bananas and this f- funky fruit called mamon that looks like a spiky alien on, on the outside and then you crack it open and it has what tastes like a giant grape, like a golf ball sized grape with a seed inside. I think Milo ate like 12 of those. They love just relaxing and chatting and ordering another round of Fantas. There were a couple other people, another family on the boat with us, a couple other people that we had fun chatting with. At one point, about halfway through the sail, we stopped and they let down the ropes on the side of the sailboat so that we could jump off into the water and swim in the middle of the sea. They also pulled out some paddle boards and pool noodles and things to play with. And we probably spent about an hour swimming and My boys were all trying flips off the side of the boat. I did a headstand for a very short amount of time on the uh, inflatable, you know, stand-up paddleboard. Just a great, fun family activity. On the way back, sailing back, they put out another spread of snacks. And these were 
Again, so delicious. Fresh ceviche made right on the boat. Chips and guacamole and cheese and bread and crackers and cut up vegetables. It was just such a spread. So beautiful. And after jumping and playing and expending a lot of energy, it felt nice to have a snack and just relax again on our sail back into shore. Highly recommend Kaya. I'll link all of this in the show notes again like I did last week. To wrap up our trip, we did a family date night at a nice restaurant right on the sand. It's one of the very few restaurants right on the sand uh, because it's been there for so long. It's called La Luna and it's beautiful any time of day, but especially beautiful at sunset. So I made these reservations a couple weeks ago for all of our family to sit and have a fantastic meal, talk about the trip, talk about what we loved and our good memories and things that we're excited about for the future and trying to like start this transition into back to school, which is going to be a little bit abrupt for us as the kids start school on Monday and we will be arriving home the day after this show goes live. So uh, very quick turnaround for us. La Luna is beautiful and I would highly recommend it. In the show notes for this episode, I am not going to go into like all of my favorites and places to hit and things that we loved. Uh, I've talked about some of them. I'll put a little bit of a list in the show notes too of just some of our favorite experiences here in Nosara, some favorite restaurants and some things that we've really enjoyed. For the most part, these last few weeks have just been spending time together, walking to the beach, being outside, connecting to nature, having family game nights, cooking at home. It's felt really healing. This last year for us was really wild with my school being incredibly busy and our kids, you know, of course, all having their own individual needs. And I was out of town a lot and this trip in some ways felt like a chance for us all to breathe together, to reconnect as a family and all be on the same page for several weeks in a row to just the only plan was our own plan, our own family together. I'm really grateful that we did this and that we did it now. I can already see the dynamics of our family starting to shift as my kids are getting older. And I feel like we encapsulated this beautiful moment before Milo goes to high school next week. You know, Plum and Elliot and Milo all are these really great, interesting, dynamic, transitional ages. They're all like tweens or teens. And in a couple years, I don't know what it's going to look like, how busy they're going to be with other things, what personal pursuits they'll be exploring. I don't buy into by any means the like you only have your kids for 18 years because I know that my parents still have me and I'm 40. And there's something about capturing a moment of family dynamic, a season that I don't know that we'll easily return to or that we that we'll get back to. I think that this is kind of a fleeting season and it felt really important. It felt really important to be here and to do this together. Fully candid, I'm not ready to go home. <laughs> I wish that we could stay for another month or two. I have really loved it. I've loved the pace. I've loved the exploring together. I lo I've loved being together. 
I am excited to have a little bit of personal time. That doesn't come easily on a family vacation for so long. Other than my solo yoga classes and the occasional like walk around town, I've been with everyone all the time. There's something really beautiful about that that I'm going to miss. And I also, I will look forward to having some more alone time when we get home. There are things about this trip that I want to take home with us and I'm going to journal on the airplane about what some of those are so that I can kind of pull my thoughts together and maybe I'll share some ideas in the future. And there are also things about our home life that we brought here with us. And I think that it's a beautiful thing to step out of your everyday routine, sometimes for a long time, if you can swing it, to be able to see your life a little bit more clearly because you're not in the middle of it. And I think that's a piece of what we've done here is is been able to be with each other and experiencing new things and reconnecting and also having a chance to reevaluate what does this next stage look like for us? What do, what does our home life look like? What are some things that we want to keep and some things we want to tweak about our life? And how do we begin to make those those steps to to realign and and even just to have the time to think about what what are what is alignment for us? What are our values? What feels good? And how do we come back into harmony that way? Of course, life is never perfect. There's always unexpected obstacles and things that come and go. And in any small way that we can, see the good, identify what, we, what matters to us, and to have the choices that we make reflect those things in our everyday lives that's something that we can do. We have the opportunity to, and we don't always because life just gets so busy. So having a chance to pause and reconnect to ourselves and to each other has been instrumental for us. And I cannot think of a better place to do that than here in Costa Rica. I will go ahead and leave you with that for this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about the basics of what we've done for the last three weeks here at the beach mostly walking to the beach, surfing, swimming, eating, exploring, playing family games, and enjoying being in nature. The show notes for this episode, episode 252, will have a shorthand itinerary for the standout things that we did and all of the things that I mentioned, a few favorite restaurants, um, some Airbnb ideas, and whatever else I can pull together to maybe be a little bit of a resource for your own trip to Costa Rica. I hope that you've enjoyed another candid episode of me just spilling the beans about what's been happening over here on our family adventure. Next week, I will be home, so I will have a chance to record back in my favorite recording studio at the Common House. And we just have two more episodes to round out season five before season six begins in September. So I think that I'm going to do a Q&A episode next week. If you have any questions about our trip or about taking a big family trip like this or about Costa Rica, I am going to put a question box on Instagram in my stories in the next couple days. So go ahead and look for that. I'm going to answer questions about the trip 
and kind of form an episode around that for next week. Also, if you listen to this episode and you're like, I have a question, but I didn't see the thing on Instagram, just send me a direct message at Live Free Miranda, and I will be recording probably on Tuesday. So get me your question before then, and I will answer it. That's it for now. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I'll chat with you again next time. Pura vida. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.